Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. All right, everyone, wherever you are and however you may be listening, welcome to another edition of The Sports Rivals. It is Halloween week, Ernie. And uh, again, that's Ernie. I'm Monty. We are The Sports Rivals. It's Halloween week. And Ernie, we're going to start with UH football. And it was lots of ghosts and goblins and a horror show last night on the UH campus where Hawaii gets shut out for the first time in 25 years, thoroughly dominated and humiliated by San Jose State, led by former Bosch and Cordero, 35-0. And that's, how apropos is that? I mean, he leaves on the, you know, brink of that, uh, uh, was it Graham was the coach? Yeah. Yeah. He left uh, because of Graham. Because of Graham. And then he, I guess he exacts the revenge. <clears throat> on the University of Hawaii, uh, in total domination. I, I mean, that. What I hope in this case is that that Graham thing doesn't repeat itself in the fact that uh, there were a lot of transfer portals after that season. The way this program is going right now, I really hope that floodgates don't open and that happens to this version of the Rainbow Warriors. Yeah, I'm a little leery and a little afraid of that as well. We talked about this last week in terms of hanging on to the good recruits, uh, the momentum that was generated during the summer. But I think right now, uh, we've alluded to this for the last couple of weeks, but based on what has happened the last two weeks, I would be shocked if Hawaii won another game. Oh, yeah. You know, I've gone to that point now where I think they're going to go 2-11 and 11, uh, and they're going to end the year on what is that, like a nine-game or eight-game losing streak, if it happens the way it happens, um, it's going to be critical that we somehow hang on to the people that we have. Hopefully that the culture within the organization is strong enough where we don't have a mass exodus of our best players, which is what has happened for the last couple of years now. Um, Because right now, we just, we have to be better. I mean, we talked about this last week. Schrager did not play well last night. He doesn't have much help with the offensive line. They, the lines are the big issue for me right now, both offensively and defensively. They are not doing what they need to do to allow for the run and shoot to take place. And then defensively, um, you know, there was a point in the first half that San Jose State, I believe, went 9 out of 10 on third down. Mm-hmm. So they just kept staying on the field and getting first down after first down after first down. If you can't get stops and you can't score, that's a recipe for disaster. And right now, I alluded last night after the game when I tweeted out, this is rock bottom for this year for this team. Yeah. I Thir- mean, this is certainly rock bottom. 35-0, I mean... On homecoming. Yeah, and it could potentially get worse. So I don't, ex- like you, I don't expect them to win another game. But the fashion in which they go throughout these games, at least try to keep it competitive, where at least there's some semblance of, uh, you know, progress to finish off the season, I'd feel a lot more comfortable. Not just to keep these recruits that are, are incoming, but, you know, whoever is on the fences of coming in, uh, in next year's, you know, uh, recruiting class, because, boy, 
we 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 need some infusion of good players in there. And I think uh, you know, coming from Hawaii, <clears throat> being from Hawaii, and the talent that we have here in Hawaii, uh, it can happen. We we gotta have a program that at least shows some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I think when you watch when you when you watch the game, you can you. It's not like they're giving up, but at the same time, where these these are human beings. And getting pummeled now week after week after week, or if you're the defense and the offense is turning the ball over as much as they have been and you're in precarious situations, it's very hard to stay unified with the same chemistry that's necessary. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm hoping, that it, they don't just fall completely off the rails, although it's kind of looking like that yeah. after the last two weeks. Like If they get annihilated for the last four weeks, that's going to be a big, big problem. And that might force UH's hand. Because if Timmy loses like seven, eight straight games by blowout and there's 4,000 people in the stands. And what was concerning last night is you read the comments on social media for the people that were there. And almost the most common thing I saw was this was extremely painful to watch. This is extremely painful to watch. And uh, let's let's. Let's state the facts. Going to a UH game, as much as you want to support the local school, it's part of your entertainment dollar. And at the end of the day, is it worth going there and spending money on these tickets? Um, if you have season tickets, so be it. Then it becomes a matter of do you want to go or not. But, man, we need football to finance the rest of the program. It's not happening. And if they get blown out for four straight games, I'm afraid that's going to that's gonna trigger some kind of analysis because we have a new athletic director. Let's not forget that. A new AD that was not responsible for this coaching regime. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Timmy's in trouble because I really want him to succeed. But something has to change if we want to keep this program from falling apart. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And it's going to come down again, like I said, is keeping the player, at least the good players that we still have on the on this program and going forward. I think right now, it's, uh, this season is, you know, in the books, in my opinion. I think it's more or less building for the future. And if we can't have some semblance of bringing in the right people into this program to, uh, like I said, you know, shine a bright light on this program, uh, you know, forward thinkers would have to say, you know, we might have to go in a different direction. Yeah, I, I hope not. I, again, we're we're not trying to pile on. We again, we're trying to just state the facts, and and we like to be honest in our assessment. And there's no way around looking at how the situation has transpired, especially over the last two weeks, and not be extremely disappointed and a little discouraged at this point in time. Miracles can happen. Things can turn around over the last four weeks. But as of right now, it looks like we've hit rock bottom. And hopefully we can start to turn the tide towards climbing a very, very steep Mauna Kea-like mountain that this UH team is facing. So again, we're going to transition now. That's Ernie Aymonti. We are the sports rivals. Ernie, it is World Series time. And I'm curious, I mean, if you're not in Phoenix or if you're not in the Dallas area, and even if you're in the Dallas area, how many people are actually paying attention to the World Series? I mean, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the ratings are, but it just doesn't seem like there's that much interest. Well, you got you got the number six seed in Arizona versus the number five seed in Texas. I'm interested just for the fact that our daughters, you know, they're, they reside in Arizona. You know, so I have that much of interest in it, you know. 
But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, game one, Arizona controls it the whole way. Corey Seager hits a two-run home run in the top of the ninth to to tie it. And then Adoles Garcia hits a home run in the bottom of the 11th, 11th, I believe, to win the game. But Arizona, (coughs) the resilient team that they've been all year long, comes back in game two with a 9-1 thrashing of the Rangers. Heading back to to Phoenix, where if you're going to listen tonight, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, games three, four, and five are now in Phoenix. Yep. Um, let's see what happens. I mean, t- Texas's mojo has been win all the road games and struggle at home. They've now lost four of their last five home playoff games. And they're dominating on the road. So we'll see if that continues to happen. It is anyone's ball game yeah. right now. It is really anyone's ball game. Uh, that makes it interesting. There's definitely not a favorite to me. Um, and Arizona has proven to just be able to bounce back time after mm-hmm. time after time after time after time. So we'll see. We'll see again. By the time we record next weekend, we will have a World Series champion. And it's either going to be the 90-win Texas Rangers or the 84-win Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, crazy. It is crazy. But let's transition again to the NFL. Um, A rough day for both of us. Uh, I'll start with my Rams. I did not expect the Rams to win. Again, I thought this was a very, very bad spot for them. That's why I had the Dallas Cowboys laying the points as one of my picks. And that was an easy victory. It was 33-3 at one point in the first half. Um, it's just it, it was it was a bad spot. And for the Rams, I think the struggle has been and we've, I've talked about this before. We've now played when they were healthy, the extremely physical 49ers, Philadelphia Eagles, Pittsburgh Steelers last week coming off their bye, Dallas Cowboys this week coming off their bye. The schedule is doing the Rams absolutely no favors. Now we head to Green Bay uh, next week. You know, Green Bay is struggling, so it's a battle of teams that are going in the wrong direction. Um, but I wasn't surprised. I thought Dallas would spank the, the Rams today, and that's exactly what happened. Now, in your case, you had the Steelers plus the points over the Jaguars, so the result must have been a little bit more disappointing yeah, for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was disappointing in the fact that I thought that last week's game against your Rams, where the Steelers finally got out of their offensive funk, Scoring three uh, three offensive touchdowns would kind of give them a springboard into this game. Nope. <laughs> Barely 100 yards in the first half. Again, a lead leading 50-something games without amassing 400 yards of offense. Uh, by far leading the NFL in that particular category. Kenny Pickett getting hurt in the third quarter. Mitch Trubisky relieving him. Throwing three second-half interceptions. I'm surprised it was 20 to 10 at the end of the game. It, it was it was it was bad. And I feel bad for the defense cuz the defense has been playing well. They're banned not to break defense. I mean, they had three turnovers, two turnovers to stop scoring drives, you know, in the red zone, but to no avail the offense could not be, uh, give them a helping hand in this particular case. Uh it looks bleak. It looks bleak for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If they cannot get this offense in order, my, my... Uh, well, what is the injury to Pickett? Is it a serious injury? Do they expect him to miss time? It's a, it's a shoulder injury. We don't know yet. His throwing arm? It's just... It's, if I can remember, he landed on his... Yeah, his right shoulder. Oh, and that's, that's a problem, then. Yeah. Well, he was throwing prior. He, it looked like he was going to go back into the game in the second half, but... They pulled him out. But, yeah, without Pickett, Trubisky, 
is definitely not the answer. He forced a lot of throws. The offensive line is still disappointing. Boy, that preseason that the, the good preseason that the Steelers had, what a joke. The 17 and 0 preseason. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's why. I mean, when 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 I, I I get, but that's that's the illusion right now of preseason. If one team is really trying hard in preseason, you can look really 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 good. And I think that's what's happened with the Steelers. But the thing about them is they're still right there in the hunt. I mean, the Ravens went to Arizona. They took care of business today, so they go to six and two. But the Steelers are right there at four and three. The Browns lost today at Seattle to fall to four and three. The Bengals are the hottest team right now. They won at San Francisco today, convincingly thirty-one yep. seventeen. They're now at four and three. So the Steelers are right there in the hunt. Yeah, they could either be. They're not going to be first, but they can definitely be last. Um, those three teams that you just mentioned, they are definitely. By far, in my opinion, uh, my pick not to come out of the division. Well, you know what? They do have Mike Tomlin, though. And uh, Cleveland's situation with Deshaun Watson and his shoulder is kind of chaotic. And if P.J. Walker is there, the fact that the Browns are 4-3 and three and they've really gotten nothing from Deshaun Watson so far this year is quite remarkable. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty similar to the Pittsburgh situation. They really haven't gotten anything instrumental out of their offense, and they're sitting there at 4-3. and three. So let's cover the rest of the AFC. I do want to save some time at the end because don't forget, today is our NBA preview let's start in the afc east buffalo won their game on thursday they're at five and three miami ernie had them laying the nine and a half they covered today over the new england patriots by a score of 31 to 17 the jets with a quite miraculous if you watch the game or heard about what happened in the game it was a brutal brutal game it was bad weather there were like 15 punts by one team uh it was like a disaster and then all of a sudden the Jets two completions spiked the ball one second left to send it to overtime another field goal that they kick in overtime to win it so the Jets do go to four and three and the Patriots they lost to their two and six we covered the AFC North um, but I think Ernie the biggest upset of the day in my opinion came from the AFC West where the Denver Broncos broke a 16 consecutive game losing streak to the Kansas City Chiefs, beating Kansas City 24 to nine. Yeah, shocking. yeah, that was that was shocking. I mean, no help from Mahomes. I mean, he was the one really. Kansas City has uh, really haven't been flexing their muscles muscles as in years past. Uh, Mahomes had one of those, not one of those, but uh, what do you call that? Uh, an anomaly game, if you want to call that, where he didn't play well. He had no touchdowns. He threw an interception. When that happens, you know, uh, you know, Kansas City doesn't score, <clears throat> and they're they they lost that game. I mean, their their winning streak of six has ended to the Denver Broncos, who really, uh, if you look at Halloween, this is what happens on Halloween, I guess, if you can call it that. Crazy things happen. Because I did not see this one coming. I thought Denver was, you know, still trying to find themselves. And I thought Kansas City would roll. You know what is encouraging if you're a Denver Broncos fan is that as much as Russell Wilson has taken a lot of heat. Today, he did have three more touchdowns and no interceptions. He He now has 16 touchdowns and just four interceptions on the year. So he's not making mistakes. He is getting the ball in the end zone. What has changed for Denver over the last couple of weeks is their defense has found themselves. 
I mean, they were humiliated by Miami. And then the next week against the Bears, they gave up 400 plus yards to Justin Fields in the in 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 a game that they eventually won. Um, but their defense is playing a little bit better, so they're right there. So Kansas City's at six and two. They're going to win the division. The Chargers beat the Bears just now on Sunday Night Football. They're at three and four. Raiders play tomorrow at Detroit. I don't expect them to win that tomorrow, but they're currently at three and four, and the Broncos are at three and five. And in the South, Jacksonville coming off their win today. They've now won five consecutive games. They're six and two. Three and four Texans, three and four Titans, three and five Colts. The Jags are going to run away with this division. And the thing is, they have an opportunity because their division is so weak to possibly get the number one seed in the AFC. Because the Chiefs, I think they're still going to have some ups and downs with that offense. Um, The Ravens, the gauntlet of the AFC North, they're not going to go through that unscathed. The Dolphins... Uh, they still have another game against the Bill, two games against the Jets. They play Kansas City next week. I don't think, you know, it's uh, we could be looking where the Super Bowl is going to run through Jacksonville. Wow, that, that, you know, that would be really unexpected. I do expect uh, some of the traditional powers in the AFC to overcome. But you know what? There, there, there's a scenario for that, especially if they stay healthy. You it know, reminds it, me of it, Philadelphia last year. I mean, nobody thought they would go 13-3 and three or 14-3 and three in the regular season. Um, because they had made the playoffs as a wild card the year before, and all of a sudden they ascended to the number one seed. Jacksonville could go 13-4 and four pretty they, easily. Yeah, they could. They have a very good defense. You have ATN who's coming into his own in his he's third, third year. Yeah, he's terrific year. You know, Lawrence is Lawrence. You know, he's not a disappointment by any stretch. He's a very good quarterback. That's a very good Jacksonville and, and, team. And the Josh Allen, the defensive Josh Allen. Oh, yeah. He wreaks havoc. I mean, that, that kid <laughs> Two sacks today. That kid can flat out play. Yep. So that's kind of where we are in the AFC. Let's switch over to the NFC. The, the Washington Commanders gave all they could to the Eagles again today. That's a weird situation. Ernie and I were kind of talking about it. They should have won. It's weird how certain teams have other teams' numbers. And uh, Washington was one of the teams that beat Philadelphia last year. Yeah. They took them to overtime a couple weeks ago, and they should have beat them today. Yeah, not for the interception. But Philadelphia is 7-1. and one. They keep finding a way to win. The Cowboys off their uh, blowout of the Rams are at 5-2. and two. Commanders at 3-5. and five, And the Giants are at 2-6. and six, Now down to their third-string quarterback. In the north, Detroit plays <clears throat> tomorrow. They're currently at 5-2. and two. Minnesota all of a sudden on a three-game winning streak to get to four and four, but devastating news for the Vikings today. Kirk Cousins tears his right Achilles. He's now going to be out for the year, and I just can't see a scenario where Minnesota is going to be able to stay in the fight with a backup quarterback and no Justin Jefferson. It's it's a... Well, Addison's been playing great. Yeah, Addison's been playing great, but, th- you know, the backup's going to have to give him the ball. Yeah. And so I'm... A, I'm curious to see with the trade deadline coming up this week, what does Minnesota do at this point? Do they throw in the towel, um, tank, get trade, some assets? Trade for, pick, uh, trade for uh, Trubisky. <laughs> Take Trubisky off of our hands so he doesn't throw three interceptions and a half. Oh, my goodness. All right, Green Bay on a four-game losing streak falls to two and five. Hopefully that goes to two and six next week when they play my Rams. And the Bears... They lose today to the Chargers. They are at 2-6. And And in the brutal NFC South, 
Falcons in first at a, with four and four, tied with the Saints at four and four. Tampa Bay has now lost three in a row after a good start. They're at three and four, and Carolina gets off the schneid today with a victory over the Houston Texans. That they are me. now one and six. Seattle now in first place in the West at five and two. San Francisco, fresh off three straight losses, are now at five and three. The Rams are at three and five, and the Cardinals are at one and seven. So we alluded to it earlier. Ernie and I both go one and one again with our picks. Two easy wins with the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Two tough losses with the Steelers. And I had the Colts. I thought the Colts would knock off the Saints. That did not happen. Now we took put our eyesight towards week nine. And our early thoughts on week nine. Ernie, where are you going? I'm still dis- I'm still disappointed at this entire season. I'm I'm sitting here at 500 for the year, and you know, looking looking at the season where you're getting all these crazy games, actually picking a week out, being at 500, I think is actually a plus. <laughs> so I'll pat my back based upon that. But yeah, I'm in purgatory right now at 500 for the year. My first game is uh, Baltimore uh, and Seattle. Seattle's going to have to fly from the West Coast to the East Coast. Very similar type of offenses and defense, very smash ball. I think Baltimore has the better team on both sides of the ball, even though Seattle is up and coming. I'm going to take Baltimore minus five to win that game. My second game, I got your Rams going to Green Bay. Green Bay, all their wins have been close wins. The Rams only lose to teams over 500. Green Bay is not over 500. Take the Rams plus two over Green Bay. All right. I hope Ernie's right next week. That's for sure. Okay, this is where I'm going. I'm going with the hottest team in the league and my preseason Super Bowl pick. I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals laying the two points at home versus the unpredictable up and down Buffalo Bills. I think Cincinnati's trajectory is going the right direction. uh, and I think they're going to respond on national TV and take care of business with the Buffalo Bills just like they did at Buffalo in the playoffs last year. And then I'm going to go with the Jets. I'm going to ride the Jets and take them over the unpredictable Chargers. I like the Jets defense to cause enough problems to allow them to squeak out a victory. Take the Jets plus one and a half at home against the Los Angeles Chargers. So with the upsets today, there are some changes in the top five. I can't remember who went first last week, Ernie. So why don't you go ahead and take uh, share where you are with your top five. Okay, well, I had Kansas City as my... Non- I'll just go over what I had last week first. I had Kansas City 1, Philadelphia 2, Baltimore 3, San Francisco 4, Miami 5. Obviously, Kansas City lost today. Philadelphia 1, Philadelphia vaults to my number one position. Uh, also, Baltimore winning vaults into the number two position. <clears throat> Miami winning, going from five, they will go to the number three position. Kansas City drops from number one to number four San Francisco who was number four losing three in a row out of my top five even though on a neutral field I would still pick them above everyone else you lose three in a row you're not deserving to be in that top five I have the hottest team or I think one of the hottest teams you alluded to Cincinnati Jacksonville winners of five in a row they are my number five team 
breaking into the top five. That's a great top five. I mean, I, I have a lot of agreement with you. I have Philly at number one. I have the Ravens at number two. I believe Philly's just finding a way to win, uh, and they're doing it at, at a better clip than really anyone else. Ravens are playing great ball. I mean, they lost a game that they shouldn't have lost to the Steelers. They lost a game in overtime that they shouldn't have lost to the Colts. Uh, they could be undefeated mm-hmm. at this point in time. They are playing good on both sides of the ball. Uh, four, Three and four is going to be Kansas City and Miami. I'm going to stick with Kansas City at three over Miami but the two of them play next week on a neutral field in Germany so the winner will obviously uh, retain their ranking the loser could be in jeopardy of falling out Ernie we talked about this last week that injury to Nick Bolton um, that the Pro Bowl linebacker for Kansas City I think is a problem because their offense has been up and down all year the defense has been consistent and today they gave up three touchdowns to russell wilson Mm -hmm. um i think that's something to watch he did go on the ir so he's going to be out for a while and at number five it came down to could it be dallas um i agree with you with san francisco they've lost three in a row granted they don't have some of their dogs and if they're fully healthy i still believe they're the best team but they're not and they've lost three in a row so they're out of mind it was cowboys it was jags Probably should have been the Jags like you did because they've won five in a row. But I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're playing great ball right now. Joe Burrow looks like Joe Burrow. You can't penalize him for when he was a cripple at the beginning part of the season. This is smelling a lot like last year where they started off slow and they went on a rampage for the rest of the season. I'm not sure if they're that good, um, but right now, based on their last few games and going to San Francisco and knocking them off by 14, knocking off Seattle, winning three in a row, I have the Bengals there at number five, but I don't hold anything against you having the Jags there. In fact, they probably should be. I just think the Bengals are my Super Bowl pick in the preseason, so I'm going to homer <laughs> out with them and keep them in my top five. Yeah, I got Bengals at number six. Actually, six, seven. I still have, like I said, on neutral field, I'm like you. I think San Francisco is the best team in the NFL. Uh, well, there's still a lot of parity, and we alluded to that. I mean, in that, in that group, you know, like I said, Dallas, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Detroit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I expect Detroit to win tomorrow. They're oh, yeah. going to be 6-2. and two. There's a lot of teams in that top 10 that are pretty much you, any, any given Sunday. Exactly, any given can Sunday. Yeah. So I think that that's something to, to take a look at. So that are our top five and our picks for next week. So as we always ask... Hit us up on social media, Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. Tell us what you think about our top fives. What is your top five? Do you agree? Tell us who you like. What about our picks? Do you think we're crazy one week out with these picks? If you have a thought or a say, let us know what you think again on our social media sites. But now let's transition into the NBA. So obviously we're not going to spend a tremendous time on this. We're not going to evaluate every single team. I'm going to go first with the West and Ernie will go first with the East. And I'm just going to kind of spit out who my top 10 teams are in some order. Um, So let's do that. And then I'll have Ernie give his and then we can kind of comment. For me, until they're beaten... 
The Denver Nuggets are my number one team in the NBA, let alone the West. Um, they have not come out flat at all. They destroyed my Lakers in, in game one. They beat Memphis. And then they annihilated OKC today in OKC. And I like that OKC team. They were no match for Denver. If Denver stays healthy, they're going to be tough to beat. After that, it gets a little cloudy for me. Yeah. For now, I'm going to put Phoenix at number two because they do have Durant, Booker, and Beal. However, we just started the season and Bradley Beal hasn't played yet and yeah. Booker's missed two straight games. So they are already um, injured and yeah. that's going to be a problem that if they're not going to be all healthy, that's going to be a problem. So, But for now, I'll put Phoenix at two. Lakers at three, Sacramento at four, although the Lakers just went to Sacramento and lost to the Kings in overtime. Um, this is completely fluid. Phoenix, Lakers, Kings, Warriors, Clippers, I all believe have the potential to be as high as, as number two if they all stay healthy. That's a big, big if. So Denver one, Phoenix two, Lakers three, Kings four, Warriors five, Clippers six, OKC would be my number seven team. They are still young, so it's going to be, and they're not going to surprise anybody now. Not with SGA, a yeah. first team uh, all NBA player, not with Josh Giddy, not with Jalen Williams, all rookie last year, and not with Chet Holmgren now there. I like OKC, but they're not going to surprise anyone at seven. Then Memphis, New Orleans, and the Mavs would round out my top 10. The seven through 10 would be the play in games. Again, Anything can happen there. If if Zion stays healthy, New Orleans will probably finish higher than this. Memphis, they're kind of a mess right now. You know, John Morant, does he come back? Does he come back normal? Does he come back healthy? They are struggling. They're 0-3. Um, Adams. Yeah, Adams is out for the year. And, he, and they miss him because he provides leadership. He provides the the grunt rebounding and stuff yep, Clark. um yeah and so that that memphis team could go from two last year and maybe miss the playoffs and then the mavs i just don't trust that luca and Kyrie will stay healthy and normal for the course of the year so i have them down at 10 which is quite remarkable when uh when you're talking about Luca and Kyrie, that they may not make the playoffs. But that's how I see the West. The only strong thought for me is Denver's one. The rest is a crapshoot. I have Denver, just like you, number one. I have Phoenix a close second. Not one to three, that's the best team. If you go one, two, and three, Durant, Booker, and Beal. Uh, it still remains to see if their remaining pieces... Uh, have enough firepower to keep the, keep them in contention, but if they're healthy, I mean, you're talking about a team that lost last year because they weren't healthy and because they ran their stars and there was no one else to relieve them. That is a uh, talk about any given night. That team can beat any team any given night. They're that talented. <clears throat> Number three, this is going to surprise a lot of people. I'm going to put Dallas there. <laughs> I'm a believer in Luca. You got to remember two years back. Last year, it was last year. Last year, they dumped because they didn't want to give up their draft pick. They lost, I believe, their last five games. They lost eight out of their last 10 because they didn't want to get, they basically tanked. Uh, they should have made the play in game. And I think they could have got it, got it out of that group just, just like the Lakers did. Uh, two years ago, they were in the, they were in the conference uh, what, court semifinals. Uh, and Luca and was hurt. They could easily have gone 
challenge Golden State, uh, or at least give them a better showing, I think this Dallas team uh, will be up there with emerges with Kyrie is better than Brunson. I love Brunson. Kyrie is better than Brunson. They brought in some other people. Watch out for this Dallas team. This Dallas team uh, has a lot of potential. Golden State Warriors, I have it number four. Uh, they just know how to win. They just know how to win. I believe uh, the changes that they made this offseason kind of settles them out. Last year, they were a little bit turmoil with the Draymond Green, uh, Jordan Poole situation. I think <clears throat> the emergence of Kuminga and Moody... Uh, are just that much more solid. I think there's uh, a pecking order. They can develop a little bit more. They'll stabilize on the, that position. Uh, I have the Lakers only at number five because, like you, I don't believe they can stay healthy for the whole season. If everyone was to remain healthy, I would put Lakers at number two or three. But they're the Lakers with uh, LeBron heading into his 50th year. Uh, <laughs> you know, years. Yeah, crazy. And AD... He shows up. He's the best. He's the best player in the NBA. And in the second half, he's just missing. But I have them at number five. I have Sacramento at number six. You're not going to surprise anybody this year. I think they they take a step back because they really didn't add anything. <clears throat> the Clippers are another disappointment, but they're still very talented. I have them at seven. I got Memphis at eight. Yeah, like you, I think they drop off a lot. John Morant. Adams, Clark, uh, that's a team that's not even going to uh, get the uh, ball rolling until after the All-Star break. I got OKC making an uh, uh, entry into the playoffs and my 10th team. Not a surprise, but kind of a surprise is the Utah Jazz. Yeah, you talked about them the <clears throat> other week where they're going to be a surprise team. Yeah. So which is the team that I had that you had out? You have the Pelicans out? I have the Pelicans out and I have Minnesota out. I, I, I don't, yeah. I still don't, I, I don't trust in Zion. I, if, like you, if Zion will, if Zion can play 65 games, they're a playoff team. Oh, easily. Definitely. Easily. Definitely. I, I just, I don't trust. Okay. All right. So let's move on to the East where I think we're going to both agree on the number one seat. But again, Maybe one and two is pretty easy, but after that, it's a crapshoot to me. So what do you have? I'm curious to see how you view the East. Yeah, I got Boston at number one. I mean, the additions of Porzingis and Drew Holiday, I think that completes their team. The deepest six-man rotation in the NBA. Uh, uh, I, I, don't even, I don't even think it's close. And when you hit into the playoffs, you, you only play seven or eight. That's going to be very formidable. Uh, if they can just remain healthy, what scares me about them uh, is, again, Porzingis and Horford are the two big men over there. Both of them are prone to injuries, Horford because of his age, Porzingis because of his uh, past injury history. So a lot of things can happen if, you know, injuries happen on that, on that, uh, on that front part. Milwaukee is number two. Uh, they're going to miss Drew. I really think I, I really think they went backwards in that trade. I think they had to do it, but I think the miss uh, Drew leaving with the exodus of also you know some key role players up there with Allen missing, and I really I really don't think Milton is coming back to his former former self. I mean he's uh, unlimited playing time. The, he was out today on a back to back. 
Uh, even during the preseason, he hasn't shown any semblance of what he was when he was an all-star. Uh, but they have Giannis and they have Damian, Damian Lillard. And that's good enough for number two in the East. Like you mentioned, everything's a crapshoot after that. I have the Miami Heat coming in at number three. I still think that they are going to be a team that's going to make a move prior to the trade deadline to fortify that team. Uh, <clears throat> they came from the play-in tournament to represent the East last year. Uh, let's not forget about that. <clears throat> I think they're going to be more healthy this year. They were the number one three-point shooting team <clears throat> two years ago, and they dropped to the play-in seed last year because they went from number one to number 29 or number 30 in three-point shooting. I think they fall somewhere in the middle over there, and that's where I think they're going to fall, somewhere in the middle as far as playoff teams. So I have them at number four. Philadelphia is still Philadelphia. I think even without Harden, I think they, they are still a, a playoff, a formidable team. I got Cleveland right behind them. A uh, little disappointing. I thought Evan, even though Evan only had a good game last, was it two days ago? Uh, I still expected more from him. Maybe that's just uh, foreshadowing of things to come this season. Uh, this season, he really breaks out. If that happens, they'll move up. Uh, behind them, I have the New York Knicks. And then the, the last four in the playoff positions, uh, play-in tournament positions, I have Indianapolis, I mean, Indiana, Orlando, Atlanta, and Toronto in no particular order. Yeah, so that back that backside is going to be completely all over the place. So I completely agree. I think the Celtics are the second best team in the NBA. Um, I, I still would take Denver over them. I think Jokic would be a problem. Um, but clearly the class of the East to me. If Porzingis gets hurt, I still think they win the East, um, even without Porzingis. Because that's how good the other guys are. I think Drew Holiday, I think he's an upgrade. And I think with Tatum and Brown, I think even without Porzingis, they're still the best team in the East. With him, they're far and away the best team in the East. The Bucks are number two. They have uh, Giannis, which is one of the top two or three players in the NBA. Um, and his presence with Dame Lillard, again, if Dame can stay healthy. And I got more on Dame in my closing thought. They would be two. I have Cleveland at three. I think they are talented with Garland and Mitchell. They bring in a shooter in Strews, Mobley, Allen, if he gets healthy. But again, they're going to go as far as Evan Mobley takes them. I think Donovan Mitchell has been a all-NBA caliber player as it is. I think Evan Mobley has to take the next step. Uh, I have the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers at three, New York Knicks at four. I just think they're scrappy. They'll find ways to stay in every game. Um, I believe they're going to try because their coach is psychotic. And I think they're they're going to lock up that fourth spot. The Sixers would be five for me, which seems a little low. That Harden situation, they they invited him back. I just think it's going to get messy. Um, and anytime it gets messy, it's really, really hard. So far, Maxi's been brilliant and Bede's been brilliant, but it's been a week. We'll see how Harden incorporates. I have them at five. I have Miami down at six. I agree they're better than six, 
But I also think Miami is not trying in the regular season. Just like last year, Butler. I think they're going to fall back down. They're yeah. going to get into the play-in round again. And then they're going to they're gonna get motivated. And then they're going to operate the way they can operate. They're not going to do that for 82 games. And they really struck out all offseason. So they're actually weaker now to me than they were in the playoffs last year. And their depth is weaker. Their, their overall talent level is slightly weaker. If they make some kind of a trade, that could propel them up. But I just don't see them motivated to try to get a top four seed. I just think they're going to get in and then do what they do once the playoffs starts. Then the bottom part, for me, the last four teams, and this, I could really not know what's going to happen. But just to be different from you, I'll go Atlanta, Orlando, Chicago, and Brooklyn. Um, Chicago does have Zach Levine. They do have DeMar DeRozan. Uh, Orlando, they have a lot of young talent. I know that's one of the teams that you like. Um, Brooklyn, who knows? Toronto, who knows? In all of these teams, Indiana, who knows? They all have the potential um, to make the playoffs or not. So that it's really a crapshoot. I think the West, top to bottom, is far superior to the East. I think the East's Celtics and Bucks would be assured of making the playoffs in the West. I'm not sure anyone else would, to tell you the truth. Wow. I mean... I, 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 I would differ on top of that, but I see where you're coming from. They're definitely deeper from one to, I would say, about seven. Uh, I would say that. But I, I, I really think Miami, Philadelphia, Cleveland, and Knicks have a good shot of beating anyone that you say beyond Denver and Phoenix in, that, in the West. Over a course of 82 games, I'm not sure because we know Embiid's only going to play 55-60. Well, let's, let's just say this. Last year, the Philadelphia 76ers won 54 games. We know the situation. Harden only came in the last third. Mm-hmm. They didn't have Ben Simmons. They still won 54. Denver, the number one team on the West. Well, they had oh, Harden all year last year. He came over the year before. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Well, but I, I, I still think the, the year prior to that, they won 57. So even yeah. more of a case for that. Uh, I I think Philadelphia is I mean Embiid won the MVP even yeah. though Jokic should have won the MVP yeah. I think I I, I I I you can't take out Philadelphia they're too good Maxi is real good they they brought in Ubre who's who's really showing up on, yeah. on the preseason yeah. Tobias Harris Harris overpaid but they got they're they're smoky they got Nick Nurse who I think is a terrific head coach but they got Harden and I really think <laughs> something's gonna happen something. Something's going to happen with Harden before the trade deadline, which puts Philadelphia in there. I like Philadelphia over Dallas, over Golden State, over the Lakers, over Sacramento. That's oh, not, not that, that, that's my opinion. I have Boston and Milwaukee over Denver. Oh no, no. <laughs> yes, I think I think Denver would sweep Milwaukee. I, I think the Celtics would give them a hard time, but there is no answer for Jokic. And there's and all they have, we can. I, I think I think the Nuggets can control Dame because they have. And then there's Giannis, but you can throw Porter and, and Aaron Gordon at Giannis. Whew, that would be. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Denver would have came in fourth last year if they were in the East. And if you look at the uh, the the games in where they played interconference, Denver lost 11 games in the East. The Celtics. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers all had seven to eight losses against the West. So 
That's that's what, speaking like a true Homer. That's uh, uh, you know. I, I, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, that's a great that's that's a great debate. I don't think there's to me. I don't think there's any doubt the West is far superior. They, they are from to the one, East. from one to eight, or from one to ten. But I think that the when you go from one to five, where you're saying number three, four, and five not going to make the West playoffs. I think that's. Could could not make the West playoffs. Well, I think it's there's no way that happens. But, but again, they would have to be playing in the West, so playing against but all like, the West. But, teams. but like I said, if if you were to match the teams on record wise, East versus West last year, the East played the West better than the West played the East. And, 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 and again, I, there there's a lot that can go into the that. best. The best West team was Memphis. That was the West best team against the East. It wasn't Denver, it wasn't Sacramento, it wasn't Golden State. All of them had double-digit losses against the East. Well, Golden State only won 40 games last year, 44 games yeah. last year. Yeah, so. but... Well, we'll go. But I think, I think that's what it is, though. I think that goes into my, my thought process is that the West is so strong that you're going to rest your players when you play the East teams because those games are not going to matter as much as the head-to-heads that matter within conference. So Golden State, I, I mean, without yeah. knowing all the information, yeah. I'm guessing you're going to rest your players against the other conference more than you're going to rest within ours. But we'll see. We'll see how things shake out. Yeah. I'm not a believer. Yeah. I'm a big believer in your Celtics. Yeah. I'm not a believer that the... I believe, like you, the Bucks are worse than they were last yeah. year, and they're older. Um, so I, I, but they have Giannis, and you know yeah. Giannis stays healthy. Giannis is yeah. a difference no, maker. Uh, let's get things. Uh, I believe the West is stronger than the East this year. I believe that. I just believe that you cannot. Philadelphia in the West would make the playoffs. Uh, Miami, depending on how Butler does, I think, and how motivated they yeah. are, Butler but they is would pl- be motivated enough to get it. Yeah, yes. playoff Jimmy is playoff Jimmy. Let's, I mean, let's not forget about that. Playoff Jimmy is playoff. Cleveland all depends, like what you said on Mobley. But man, you got you got you got a lot of good players on top of that, and I be and you got a lot of question. Mark. I don't think Sacramento is going to be over. I think they're not going to be uh, as overlooked this year than they were last year. I mean, they were. They were one and done in the playoffs, but good for them for actually making the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. Golden State is a little bit older. Like I said, you had Dallas. I had Dallas at three. You had them at uh, ten. At ten, uh, <laughs> and and I, I and that's with, in my opinion, Luca and Kyrie. Kyrie was number what 35 this year. That is, I hate Kyrie. He is not the 35th worst. I mean, best player. He's to me. He he's gotta be top. He's gotta be top 20. 25 at the worst. I mean, the guy... Well, but then again, with him, is he going to play? Here's the thing about Kyrie. He hasn't made any noise this offseason. Yeah. So I, yeah. I give him credit for that. Yep, so far, so good for, yeah. for, for that. And that's what's fun about preseason, right? Everyone has an opinion. We will see how things shake out. I hope my Lakers do well, but and they are stacked, but they will go as far as AD and LeBron takes them. And that leads me into my closing thought. Wait, well, before that... Who do you have in the finals? The Nuggets and the Celtics and the Nuggets winning again. Wow. I have... I have, Okay, last year I picked, I picked Denver and Boston. That was my pick. I was a sprained ankle away from actually having... But I had Boston winning the whole thing. Denver actually won. And I think if Boston did make it, I think Denver would have won it. The Boston was just hurt 
you know, with then the Brogdon situation, all that. Denver was Denver is definitely the stronger team. I think Boston actually upgraded tremendously. If healthy, I have the Boston Celtics beating the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and there are there are people that like the Phoenix Suns. I have zero trust that those three guys are going to be healthy. Yeah, that, that's fair, and that and that's what makes it hard. That's, I that's mean, fair. the only team that I trust that I think they'll be healthy because they're still young and in their prime is the Nuggets. Other than that, I don't trust Phoenix, the Lakers. I don't think Sacramento's ready to knock off Denver, but I think they'll stay healthy because they're also young. The Warriors are really old old. and Clippers are never healthy. And I think OKC is too young. Yeah, they're too young. Um, But yeah, so we agree on the same finals. and then it would be a phenomenal finals if it's the Nuggets and the Celtics. And again, you the early indication is that there is no championship hangover for the Nuggets. They've come out smoking. Uh, and they're young enough and they're all in their prime enough, their main players, that there still is room for ascension. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a matter of can they stay healthy and how do they develop? How does Christian Braun develop? Can they get Julian Strucker like, involved? Yeah, I like Christian Braun. Uh, other, uh, yeah, other players have to step up because Bruce Brown is gone and he was very important to them during the regular season and in the playoffs. So we both like the Nuggets and the Celtics. I would take the Nuggets if it gets to that. No, I like the, I like, mm-hmm. I like the oh, Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, and you the, like Phoenix and the Celtics. I'll take the Celtics and the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets are going to go back-to-back because they have the best player on the planet. Um, but we'll see. You like the Celtics, assuming that they're, they're healthy. They're healthy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big if. Oh, so that leads me to who are the NBA players that are under the most pressure this year? And I think there's four names that come to mind for me. Number one, I think, is Damian Lillard. Because I think the whole offseason circled around what is, what's going to happen with Dame. Now, we all thought, he thought that he was going to go to Miami and that was going to shake things up. But everything revolved around Damian Lillard. Now he's in a situation where he's playing with a two-time MVP, a world championship caliber team. Um, I think there's a lot more pressure on him than on Giannis because Giannis has his title, has his MVPs. He's now signed his extension. I think now it's going to be more pressure on Dame to elevate that team because they had to give up a bunch to get him, including Drew Holiday, which I think is a mistake. But that's only because Dame hasn't stayed. Dame's played like 100 games in the last three years. You know, can he stay healthy? I believe there's way more pressure on Damian Lillard than there is on Giannis because Giannis already has a title. Now, if Giannis wants to be considered an all-time great, you know, like a top five, top ten type player, he's going to need more than one championship. And I don't know if he's going to get it with this cast of characters. I really, I would be really surprised if Milwaukee were to win a title this year yeah. over the Boston yeah. and anyone that comes out of the West. So I believe there's a lot of pressure on Damian Lillard to stay healthy, to stay motivated, and to truly elevate Milwaukee when it comes to the playoffs. They're going to rest him, but in the playoffs, they're going to expect him to be what Middleton was years ago because Giannis doesn't close games. He can't. He's not meant to handle the ball, hit a shot, hit free throws. Dane can. Dane did it in game one. But they got annihilated in game two today by the Hawks, if I'm not mistaken. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Damian Lillard, certainly more than Giannis. Then two, Anthony Davis. 
the Lakers are going to go as far as Anthony Davis goes. We've been waiting for Anthony Davis to elevate himself in a consistent manner. I believe there's a lot of pressure on him, whether they want to believe it or not. Uh, you can't rely on a soon-to-be 39-year-old LeBron in his 21st year to elevate the Lakers. It's going to have to be AD. And if it doesn't happen, AD is going to take the blame, not LeBron in his 21st season. So I think there's a tremendous amount of pressure on Anthony Davis, just slightly more or equal to Jason Tatum. I mean, I think Tatum has a lot of pressure because I think at this point in time, People expect him to get one already. You know, I think you certainly have expected him to have one. And it's not that he doesn't play well. And I have tremendous respect for for Tatum because he's the one superstar that shows up and plays every single day. Maybe they don't do that this year because he seems to run out of gas towards the end of the playoffs. Um, But I believe if the Celtics fail to reach their expected level, which is at least an East Coast championship, if not a title, he's going to bear the brunt of the blame, I think, because he is um, the face of the franchise, whether you like it or not. So I believe Jason Tatum has a lot of pressure. And of course, Zion Williamson. I mean, Zion Williamson, this is a do or die year for me, uh, for Zion. Now, for him, the pressure is on, are you going to be able to stay healthy? Are you going to be willing to do what is necessary to stay healthy? Um, because if not, I, I believe the rest of his career is going to take a steep turn to the negative. So I believe Zion for slightly different reasons, because I don't think anyone is holding the New Orleans Pelicans to be uh, world champion caliber, even with Zion, although I think he makes them very, very interesting. It's different, but I think he has the pressure of showing people that he cares, showing the league that he's marketable, that he's exciting, that he's for real. Um, Because as a big Zion fan, I have my doubts how much he cares. And I think that is shown by how he takes care of himself. Um, So I believe he has tremendous amount of pressure in that regard to show the world that he's serious about being great uh, and then going from there. But the other three... Their pressure is winning championships. Dame has to get one. He's my number one. AD will always be considered less than if he doesn't lead the Lakers to one. And I think Jason Tatum has to get one for the Boston Celtics. I think there's a tremendous amount of pressure on him, uh, although he has a tremendous supporting cast. Uh, So I think the Celtics are sitting pretty. So anyone that I missed that you think is under a lot of pressure this year? Uh, I would would put in Jalen Brown just for the fact that he's the highest paid player in the NBA and getting a lot of flack for it. $304 million on his current contract. Now, uh, that will all go away come February, March, when they're able to renegotiate some of the deals that are up and coming. You know, that'll fall fast and furious. But as of now, I think he's under a lot of pressure, especially if he has bad games. He had a bad first game where he only had 11 points, going 4 for 11 shooting. Missed all his uh, three-point attempts. Uh, He did play well on the defense side, getting rebounds and assists. But that guy is under, at least in the Boston area, he's under that type of scrutiny because he's the highest paid player. And And even as a Boston fan, he's not even the best player on his own team. And I'm a Jalen Brown guy. And he's not even the best player on his own team. So I think he has part of that pressure also. 
Yeah, and then, I mean, and, and I guess it's all a matter of expectation because certainly you could easily say Luca has pressure mm-hmm. because he's been a first team All NBA. Everyone expects him to lead but he's young. his team, but young. he's still relatively young. And by my standards, I have them being a low playoff caliber team. You have them as number three in the West, so maybe yeah. um, there would be more pressure if I had those kind of expectations. But I think Luca still gets a little bit of a pass because I think people view his team even with Kyrie as not anywhere near some of the other teams that we have on this list I think we can all agree that Milwaukee has higher expectations the Laker has higher expectations and certainly your Celtics have the highest expectations of anyone that we mentioned um so your thoughts anyone else that we missed that's under a lot of pressure and what is your definition of pressure to me anyone that's won multiple championships already like the Currys and the Durant there's no pressure on them right now they're just playing for their own legacy uh, legacies and that that's really it so there's really no pressure Joel Embiid maybe but I have low expectations for that team with that situation and he's got an MVP so I think that alleviates him a little bit but if you have some thoughts, hit us up. Social media, Sports Rivals Podcast, IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. And don't forget, we are part of the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Hopefully, you were not listening this morning as the Rams got pummeled by Dallas because we Hawaii Sports Radio Network does carry all Dallas Cowboy games as well as USC football. They are also the home of the OIA Sports and OIA football right now. Mililani beats Campbell last night in a tough drag out uh-huh. game heading into the, the playoffs. And again, weekday mornings, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Wake up in the den with Kule and Paul Breck. Please check them out on a daily basis. Ernie, anything else? I'm good. All right, gang. Happy Halloween to all of you. And until next week, the sports rivals are up. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear. Hey.